Hey, this is Casey, and you're listening to the Airborne Mind Show. Hello, everyone. This is Ms. Bahawk. Thank you so much for joining me today, and welcome back to the show. Whether this is your first, second, tenth, or thirtieth episode, I appreciate you tuning in. Your time, your energy, your attention, and your ears mean the world to me. Without you listening, this show would not be where it is today. So once again, thank you. Before we get started, the biggest compliment that you can give is by leaving a review on iTunes. You have no idea how much that helps in terms of rankings, bringing more awareness to the show, and bringing on more interesting guests. So if you could take two or three minutes, not while you're driving, but take two or three minutes, go ahead, leave a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Also, be sure to head over to theairbornemind.com where you can check out some free resources and the full show notes there as well. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by audible.com. If you enjoy books and you are looking for something new to read, something that is relevant to problems that you're trying to solve, I made a list for you at theairbornemind.com forward slash reading list. You can see a compilation, compilation, did I say that right? Compilation of all the books that previous guests have recommended on the show. And if you decide you want to go for it, you can grab a free audiobook and 30-day free trial there as well. Once again, that is theairbornemind.com forward slash reading list. Today, my guest is Casey Jenks. He is the CEO and co-founder of the FitBot. If you ask any coach who is pursuing individual design or personal training, what is their number one tool? I guarantee you that they would tell you the FitBot because not only does it allow you a massive, massive leap in efficiency, um, but it creates more time, creates more space for you to deliver value to your clients uh, and focus on communication, right? It opens up more time, especially as you start to scale your client load from one to five to 10 to 15, 20, and so on, right? Um, Some of the things that you know, I've started to use and have become just an integral part of, I guess, a system as a coach, because I think as a coach, you have to have a system if you see yourself kind of uh, scaling your client load. Some things that I found really useful is the planning area where you can kind of mess around with the priorities that you have for that cycle for long term planning and have that right by your side as you are writing your design for compliance rates, right? So being able to see, are your clients completing their workouts? Um, What's it look like in a seven day period, 30 day period, all time, these are all important metrics that we measure at revival strength, Um, being able to deliver the program, have video demos for everything. And I think most importantly, being able to have all your communication in one place. So your clients being able to upload videos and and converse with you back and forth, um, you know, on those specific days or separate messages. I can't tell you how many times, you know, you can potentially lose things through email as you're going back and forth and or go go down a rabbit hole of kind of getting out of that 
program design zone, right? And so this this just creates a healthy space for coaches. It is such a massively helpful tool. And I was excited to chat with Casey because I wanted to get inside his mind. I wanted to know what sparked this for him, uh, his thoughts on individualized design and kind of where it's going in the future and things of that nature. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. And more importantly, hope you do something with it. Casey, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, my first exposure to FitBot was uh, a couple months ago when I started doing the Awaken training series with Marcus. Nice. And um, I was very surprised by, uh, from like a client perspective or a user perspective, you know, how how that experience uh, made a bit of a difference. It came off as more professional. The tracking and logging was fun. The accountability, uh, it, it was a fun fun way to kind of go about it. And then that led me into creating a trainer account and using that you know, uh, for my clients as well. But uh, for those who don't know, uh, may not be familiar with FitBot, um, give us a little bit of background, a little bit of context as to you know how this kind of came about and just a little bit about your background. Yeah, sure. Well, first off, appreciate the the kind words. Um, you know, I'm happy to hear that it's a pretty simple, great experience on the client. And I know it's a huge upgrade from Google Sheets and email, which a lot of people come from. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's what I came from myself uh, when I hired my first remote coach about five years ago. He would email me, um, you know, a month's worth of training or so. At a time, I would get to the gym first. I have to find that email, find that day's training in that email, copy it, paste it into my notes app, record my results as I'm going along. And uh, you know, because it was a remote relationship, you know, sometimes there was video involved. So I would upload video to Vimeo, wait for all of those your uh, all those uploads to finish, take those URLs, paste them back into into the notes, and then get those back to my coach on the other side. And uh, you know, it's so already a pretty time-consuming process on on the client and you know I felt for every hour I spent working out I was probably uh, getting my results and, and notes kind of all situated which you know equal yeah. amount of time there and uh, I knew there had to be a better way and and uh, I was asking my coach one day you know I said Max what are you using to uh, keep all this organized and straight and you know make sure you're not losing anything and making sure you have everybody's stats in one place and uh, recording their goals and not getting them mixed up because, you know, you have 50 of me and I'm assuming that I was assuming that there had to have been, you know, some app, some platform that was built for this exact thing. And that was surprising. His answer was, uh, he's like, uh, email. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I'm a, he was living in a, in a, in a pretty messy world of, you know, emails all day and then factor in the day-to-day -day communication, text, you know, more email, um, tracking documents, payments, that kind of thing. It was a, it was a pretty, pretty messy cobbled together system. And uh, I knew that there had to be a better way and decided to take my background in software development and web development and my passion for fitness and combine them into FitBot. So founded the company in January of 2015 and uh, I've been chugging away at it ever since. Wow. Okay. Now, before that, if we were to rewind a little bit, you were also a former gym owner, right? Yep. I opened uh, CrossFit Kings Point in Orlando, 
with my wife uh, early 2011. And that sort of exposed me to, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was the, uh, um, you know, I played a more behind the scenes role. She was kind of the Mm -hmm. brains behind the operation. I'd always had a, a deep passion, respect for, for fitness and fitness coaches. But, uh, yeah, it definitely exposed me to, um, the world of training on a deeper level and, uh, you know, saw some of the, the problems that they were having. Cool, man. Yeah, there's um, there's so many features uh, within Fitbot that I haven't really tapped into yet. I'm curious to know what the uh, first iteration of it really looked like back when you started in January compared to now. I'm sure it's, you know, there, yeah. there's certain things that are vastly different. Um, yeah, what did that first, um, you know, uh, first little iteration look like? Yeah, I'd have to, uh, man, I'd It'd be funny to dig up some screenshots and do some side-by-side comparisons. Um, You know, really, it was just a super simple, super basic version, um, you know, of, of, uh, you know, a lot of stuff that's there now. But, uh, yeah, it was really just, you know, all right, what's the simplest way I can do, I can do this thing to get it out there and start getting some feedback. Um, You know, I've always believed the sooner you can get a product out there and start getting actual users banging on it and, you know, real feedback from, you know, real people that are whipping out their credit cards and and subscribing and paying and making a decision to purchase every month, uh, the better. So just try to get the simplest thing out there is super rough is super unpolished, um, you know, bugs and, and all kinds of janky stuff going on. But, you know, if you're not embarrassed by your first product, then you probably waited too long to release it. Yeah. Um, And we're going to continue to dig into, you know, some of these features as we kind of go through, because I think it's uh, definitely important to highlight on. But um, part of, you know, being able to provide this software to people is also kind of thinking, okay, how do how do we communicate the value of uh, individualized design, right? Because it's one of those things that I feel like a lot of trainers uh, want to get out there, right? You see it in everybody's Instagram bio, you know, programming available, hit, yep. uh, you know, contact me for inquiries or something yep. like that, right? Yep. Um, and and, and there, there there's a certain process that, that has to kind of happen um, to articulate, okay, what, what am I able to deliver here? What does the program design consist of? And I'm I'm realizing, you know, after having all these conversations with uh, coaches and athletes, that it's much more in depth than just sets and reps that you're going back yeah. and forth on a weekly basis. You Way know, more in depth than all right. Here's a workout that'll kick your ass. Uh, follow this, and not only are you going to follow this, but everybody's going to follow the same workout. Um, right. You know, there's it, it gets way more in depth than that. And I hope if people are paying for programming or paying for training that. They're getting a custom program that is tailored not only tailored to their goals, but their schedule, their age, their genetic makeup, their lifestyle, their training age, their limitations, any past injuries that they might have, their movement capabilities, and their current work capacity. It's uh, much more sustainable and delivers way better results to the client. Now, I find that uh, the window here is like you you probably started with group fitness, right? And mm-hmm. I think it's two to five years is kind of what I've noticed is after about two years, you start to hit these limitations, yeah. right? Because burnout you, period or yeah. you know, getting bored 
uh, you know, they're going through the group class warm up with the PVC pipe thinking, you know, geez, this is, <laughs> there's gotta be something, uh, after this that, uh, that can deliver me better results, which is leading right. people into, uh, this, this tailored individualized programming. Um, so yeah, let, let's dig into that a little bit is how do we even begin to, uh, communicate this value, uh, to potential clients, right? Whether they are in your, cause we have two types of clients. We have onsite clients, so they may be your current members that you could deliver this additional service to, or they may be remote clients. Maybe they live a little bit further away. They come in once a week, or maybe they're hundred percent remote in another country. Um, and there's ways to go about that as well. But how do we even begin to articulate? Um, hey, this is this is this is this individualized design is actually worth it. Yeah, so I think it starts with trying to give your clients an understanding of the differences between the two, and uh, trying to find the people that are maybe seeking out that that next step that uh, that are looking for that program that is truly customized and tailored to them, and where they're sitting along their fitness spectrum, and where they want to go, um, you know, it'll help, it'll help the clients develop a, a better, deeper and more fulfilling relationship with their coach. Um, and one thing too, it's important to get across, I feel is it's not just for the competitors. So a lot of people kind of feel there's a stigma, yeah, you're right. especially in CrossFit gyms of people doing their own thing off in the corner, doing open gym. Uh, that kind of thing. It's you know, it's oh, it's the cool kids have remote coaches, but it's really, in fact, the opposite. Um, you know, we surveyed all of our users, all of our clients and trainers, and we found that seventy-five percent of them are just people that want to look good, feel good, and move better. So while it may have started with the serious athletes, it's definitely kind of grown past that, and uh, that's a that's a great thing to see. Yeah, absolutely. And how, um, if you were to kind of look back on your experience as a gym owner, um, were you using some of these concepts back then? Or in hindsight, uh, do you wish that you had exposed more people to individualized design? Yeah, so in hindsight, it's definitely something that I wish we pursued a little bit harder. Um, you know, so my wife was a personal trainer before we opened our gym and she was kind of burnt out on one-on-one -on -one training. And that was one of the reasons she wanted to open a gym was so she could, uh, you know, teach CrossFit classes and do group. And the same was similar for a few of the other coaches and trainers that, that we had hired, you know, they had came from, um, we, we never really hired anybody that started in CrossFit, started group, and then got super into it, drank the Kool-Aid, decided to go get their level one. Um, we always, hired folks that had, you know, maybe had prior experiences, education in, in fitness and training. And, uh, you know, a lot of the people that we hired had, that came from a one-on-one -on -one background and were kind of, kind of burnt out on it. But, you know, going back, I, I definitely, I definitely wish we would have, uh, you know, sold the service a little bit, uh, more or, made made sure that people knew it was an offering um that we offered 
Yeah, that that burnout aspect that you just mentioned is a point that I think is kind of important to touch on because um, that's uh, it's not uncommon to see that in the personal training world where you know you're you're let's say you have a full book you're training people twelve to fourteen hours a day and yep. you've kind of hit your limit right like what do you do after that point yeah and you're probably and, waking up at four thirty to train your first batch yeah. it's, you know you're getting through your morning batch uh, people are going to work you have some downtime and then you got to be at the gym four o'clock ready to go for your for your next batch of clients ending you know maybe 7 8 p.m and going home waking up in in uh six seven hours and doing it all over again um yeah so there is a yeah that burnout aspect from the training side of things as well uh you know there's clients coming in and out all day long um but opening your services to anybody in the world through, you know, some remote coaching is a great way to, uh, you know, fill the gap in between those times and maybe figure out, like, if you're not a morning person, don't train people in the morning. Uh, if you're not, uh, if you want to get home a little bit earlier, hit your morning batch of clients and then do your uh, remote clients and uh, head home at, you know, four o'clock, like uh, four or five o'clock, like, you know. Most people. Right. So I guess uh, the magic question is how do we uh, scale that a little bit, right? While maintaining that depth of connection that you might get with somebody who is on site, right? You can be a little more hands-on. You can communicate a little more effectively. Um, how do we uh, nurture that same type of feel with remote clients? Yeah. So I think it's important to have open lines of communication as much as possible with the client, you know, in all honesty, uh, remote, remote coaching will probably never be as, uh, high communication, high bandwidth as truly, you know, in person coaching. Right. Um, that's always the best, but you know, let's, let's face it. It's not realistic for, for most people. Um, they can't afford $75 an hour for, for personal training. Um, the, the scheduling conflicts get in the way, but, uh, you know, we try to make it really easy for um, trainers to upload video, trainers and coaches to upload video inside of FitBot. We try to make it really easy for clients to upload video. We make it really easy for uh, the, the the coach and the client to engage in in uh, you know feedback and discussion, uh, whether that's through the, the messaging section of the app or uh, commenting on an individual workout. Um, so communication is definitely key no matter what type of trainer you are. Yeah, that, that is definitely, uh, the one thing that I love about FitBot is, uh, the videos that are available. So the demo videos for, you know, things that are kind of pre uploaded. Um, but it's also very easy to find a video or create one yourself, link it in there for people to see. Then, uh, in terms of doing maybe video analysis for, you know, let's say you have a snatches program for somebody and, and you obviously want to be keeping tabs with what that kind of looks like. And uh, it's very easy for the client to upload that and for communication to happen within the app so it doesn't uh, get lost in email. For sure. And it'll only get better in the future. You know, we're so young, we're just getting started. We're in our infancy. And uh, one of the things I'm most excited about that the team's most excited about and that our users are most excited about is the release of a native app that should be happening within the next few months. So with that, the messaging will only get better with push notifications and that type of thing. Yeah. You know, what I did notice is, um, 
right now, if you, so I, I pretty much went to the site uh, and then saved it to my home screen. You can do yep. that on the iPhone, right? Mm -hmm. And to me, it almost feels like an app while I'm using it, right? So how, how when you release the app, what's going to be kind of different in terms of feel? Yeah, so we tried to get it as close as we could to a native app feeling just through the web right now. And, you know, adding it to your home screen and uh, going about it like that, it does a, a good enough job, at, you know, uh, at least to get started, right? But uh, Apple... Um, definitely makes uh, the native the, the native app experience is just more fluid, more snappy. You get a lot of things out of the box that are either really hard to do through the web or um, Apple makes impossible. So uh, there's a couple things that we'll get out of the box just by going native. The first one being offline uh, capabilities. So you get to the gym, maybe your cell phone connection sucks and there's no Wi-Fi, right? Um, you open up FitBot, it's already got the workout stored, cached locally on your phone. So you don't have to rely on an internet connection to make sure you can, you can pull it up. So that's just, uh, you know, number one, right out of the box, uh, huge benefit. Uh, number two, push notifications. Um, you know, Android and uh, Chrome, they expose push notification hook for progressive web apps on their platforms. But Apple does not. It's not not possible to send a push notification through Safari on iOS. So that's uh, that's another huge benefit that we'll get going going native as well. Probably too big. That's exciting, man. We're most excited for. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so we touched a little bit on, you know, how do we begin to articulate the value of individualized design? Now let's kind of put an avatar to it. Let's say that, um, you know, I'm a gym owner. Um, you know, I've got a bunch of on-site members, but I'm looking to tap into remote coaching. Um, how do we begin to maybe market that or, yeah. uh, how to get you know what first, I mean? How to get your first client, how to sell. Yeah. Individualized design. Yeah. Um, so we're actually, we're working on a really awesome piece of content with Stu from what the fuck gym talk here on this exact topic. So should be going live within the next few weeks on the blog nice. video and some written content. Um, you know, I really look forward to that. So I'll say first step, make sure people know that it's a service that you offer. So a good number of inbound potential clients will opt for one-on-one -on -one over the group training. You know, maybe they're a little more introverted. Maybe they're not that confident uh, with jumping right into a group setting. So Make sure, make sure you're selling this part of your offering during your initial consult or whatever your onboarding flow is like. Don't just assume they want to jump straight into group training at the start. Um, the next thing, so maybe you have uh, uh, some established clientele in your gym and you want to start offering this as a service to them. So I would say uh, a good tactic you can employ is find a few of your gym's, uh, quote, OGs you know, preferably the people that are not part of, uh, you know, your cool kids competitors club. Um, <laughs> they're probably not going to be the people that are in your gym mainly for the social aspect. Uh, they're probably, you know, still on the young side, but a little more established in their career. Uh, you know, they come in, they handle their business without causing a lot of drama. Maybe they saw some great results when they first started with you, but are getting a little burnout and bored of group training. So I would say tell them, about this new service that you're offering 
maybe even give them a little bit of discount or other type of incentive that first month in exchange for giving you a little extra time uh, to interview them about their experience and blog about it uh, and post it on your, your social media channels. So I would say find, find a few people that kind of fit this mold and let this be this pilot group and test it out with them and use their experiences to build some testimonials and use these clients as a way to kind of generate buzz around this before opening up to, to more people. There's also a really good post, um, a good blog post from John Goodman on, uh, of uh, Personal Training Development Center that outlines another pretty simple tactic and strategy that I think with 30, within 30 minutes you could probably get at least one or two uh, clients. So step one is figure out who your perfect customer is and come up with a description. So maybe it's I'm looking for X number of 30 to 40 year old males who want to add 20 pounds to their back squat. Or another example could be I'm looking for three moms who can't seem to lose that last 10 pounds of uh, pregnancy weight. So uh, the idea is to speak to a specific group and try to create a little sense of urgency. Step two is to create a Google form with that text as the description and ask for a few bits of info from them, their name, uh, email, phone number, that kind of thing. Step three would be to take that description, take that URL, post it to Facebook, Instagram, or wherever your following is, and uh, use that to link them to the Google form. You'll get some inbound leads coming in, and the next step mm -hmm. is to follow up with those people, preferably on the phone, and close them. So that should take 30 minutes tops. Guarantee most everybody can get a couple clients just by doing that simple thing. I think that uh, what really, and, and this is very similar when we think about nutrition coaching as well, right, is that, you know, the magic is definitely not just in the macro prescription or the numbers. It, it, yeah. it really is in that relationship and the communication um, and that feel that you create around that. Yeah, it's that accountability. It's, uh, you know, you got another person on the other end that is relying on you to, uh, you know, whether it's following your numbers or following the lifestyle uh, routines that they've set up for you, the exercise prescription. Um, yeah, it, you can never replace that human element. That's that's on the other side. Um, now, what what are some mistakes that you see commonly with people who are trying to uh, you know get their foot in the door or start to offer uh, remote coaching? Yeah, so the biggest mistake I see. Um, and probably, you know, one of my bigger pet peeves is people that are selling templates and not coaching. Um, so maybe they're trying to sell remote, they're trying to sell a cookie cutter template that goes out to the masses as as coaching. Now there's a there's definitely a market for that, right? But um, yeah, I would I would tell people tell tell trainers and coaches that want to get into it to to sell coaching and not just sets and reps because that stuff's that there's plenty of that out there you can go online get that for free in a number of different sources whether it's you know comp train or invictus blog or uh, a bodybuilding.com template a t nation uh, program you find there's so much of that already out there and you have to find a way to sell your expertise as a coach and sell the human connection that they're going to get and not just uh, numbers to follow 
Gotcha. Now there there is a, um, a feature within Fitbot, and and this is how uh, this was my exposure with Awaken Training Series. And within the programs tab, you can create a, kind of a program and assign people to that program. So is that meant uh, for you know essentially like this group template? What's kind of the thought process behind when you added yeah, that so to the it? Process, you know, is everybody probably has their highly reusable chunks of of programming, whether it's uh, a testing phase or whether it's maybe, uh, you know, maybe a program that acts as a, a funnel to one-on-one coaching. Um, there's, there's a, there's a, there's definitely appropriate use of, you know, programs and templates, whether you're laying out a base, uh, strength cycle, or, you know, maybe you have, a, a conditioning, uh, progression that you'd like people to follow, but, you know, it is also possible to become over-reliant on that type of stuff to mm-hmm. try and fit the person to the program rather than writing a program for that person. So I would say, you know, uh, use it as a tool, but definitely know its its limitations. Yeah, so that leads me into kind of uh, efficiency tips, right? So uh, that's part of what Fitbot kind of allows you to do is be a little bit more efficient with your programming, which opens up more time for you to you know go find new clients and uh, keep building that relationship, right? So uh, what are some things that you're noticing? You mentioned a little bit about, you know, chunks of programming, maybe it's assessments and things of that nature that you can use again. Um, what are some ways for you that kind of stand out how we can kind of save time and uh, be more efficient with program design? Yeah, so number one would be to live and learn the keyboard shortcuts. So, you know, as a, as a software developer, you know, when I'm in my text editor um, writing code programming, there's all kinds of keyboard shortcuts built into my editor that allow me to keep my hands on the keyboard typing all the time. So uh, people don't really notice it, but you lose a lot of time. You lose a lot of efficiency if you're switching your hand, keyboard to mouse, keyboard to mouse, over and over and over. It it adds up. So if you can keep yeah. your hands on the keyboard as much as you can, that would be uh, an easy, easy win. Um, number two, hmm. Number two would be to batch out your your programming in in chunks. So uh, one common pattern we see if if people have you know maybe a relatively small number of clients that they're, pro- they're programming for is on uh, you know one day a week. It's generally Sundays. The coaches will sit down and plan out their programming for everybody for the following week. So they batch out all of their programming then, and then the remainder of the week. They are, whenever they log into Fitbot, they're responding to, you know, messages, comments, giving feedback, um, that type of thing. If someone has a large number of clients, maybe they have Sundays they do a certain group, Mondays they have another group of clients, Tuesdays they do, you know, a different group, but they're batching it out um, and kind of getting in this flow state while they're programming. Um, yeah, and there's also a due date feature inside of Fitbot that can help. So we'll automatically sync the furthest planned out workout on a client and let you know who is uh, who's due soon and when they need workouts to help you plan. You know what I really uh, enjoy that Fitbot kind of does for you is the email reminders. And when you, when you miss a workout um, or if somebody hasn't submitted you know, what they completed, like there's also an email for that that automatically kind of gets sent out. And it's just one of those things like mentally you don't like, you know, you're like, oh man, 
I don't, you don't like seeing it. So it forces you to kind of go in, put in your results and, and be a little bit more diligent about it. And it's slightly annoying, but it's, uh, it's supposed to be <laughs> in a way. Yeah. <laughs> One of the other things that we expose on the, the coaching side of the platform too is, is compliance metrics for your clients. So you can see a seven day, 30 day, and 90 day history of how well your clients are adhering to the program. So if you see somebody's traditionally 90% compliance, but then you notice a dip, maybe the last seven days they're down at you know 55%. Uh, it gives you an early warning side, a heads up, like, hey, maybe they need a little attention. You should reach out to them and see what's going on. Yeah, I feel like that, that part's a little bit important too, is like when you start seeing that compliance rate drop a little bit, what does that kind of signal for yeah, you? How should you be on. doing the outreach and following up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's what's going on with their life, or maybe they're they're traveling, or things that's stressful, or things are at work are super stressful. And, uh, yeah, there's definitely you know a conversation that that needs to take place between the, the coach and the client. Yeah, when uh, Mike McGoldrick was on, he mentioned how you know if if somebody's missing, like let's say there's four days of programming, right, and somebody is always missing the fourth day of programming, uh, mm-hmm. he's not going to continue to. Uh, progress and write programming if all yeah. days aren't being completed. And then yeah. part of that conversation is, well, why, why isn't it being completed, right? So is it a lifestyle thing? Like, you know, have you kind of run out of time to complete that? Then we can totally adjust that. But that conversation kind of needs to happen in order for that, uh, you know, for that to take place. Yeah, maybe they're burning the candle at both ends. And by the time they get to that fourth day, they're just so fried, they can't make it into the gym they can't you know muster up the willpower to complete that workout so maybe they really only need three days of training and all right let's let's uh let's get to 100 percent of these three days and then we can talk about adding that fourth day back in yeah um now i haven't even begun to you know mess around with the nutrition side of things but i see that you have certain features um where you can kind of um i guess maybe fill uh, almost have like a food log and things of that nature. Um, you know, have, what's your experience with the uh, nutrition element like within that? Uh, and are you seeing people kind of, um, you know, be a little more efficient, being able to use both, having your training, nutrition, and really everything kind of in one place? Yeah, so the current iteration of our nutrition capabilities is really meant as a lightweight tool to supplement the fitness prescriptions and to mm-hmm. uh, let the coach sort of add high-level nutritional goals and guidelines, whether that's, um, you know, saying, hey, I want you to focus on getting 2,000 calories a day, right? Maybe that's where a client is. Um, then maybe once they get a little bit dialed in, all right, not only are you eating 2,000 calories, but, you know, you're going you're, you're, you're gonna to want to do X grams of carbohydrates, uh, Y grams of protein, grams of fat um, and then going from there or maybe it's uh, you know they're 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 worried more about uh, they care more about food quality right so they can you know write in like focus on you know lots of greens uh, dark leafy vegetables in, in all your meals uh, with also the ability to kind of upload some 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 files of food plans and PDFs and that type of thing Gotcha. Um, now, before we dig into some, you know, rapid fires, I want to circle back to 
you know, that, that concept we were talking about of, okay, if, if you want to start offering this service, you do X, um, then, you know, we collect some testimonials. We try to, uh, you know, display that story of how this has worked for certain people. And then we kind of build from there, right? Um, what What is the next step once we have that maybe first, second, third client and, and we've delivered value, um, we've captured a testimonial, how do we branch this out? Is it is it mostly going to be people that are still kind of local or do you find that, because um, here's my experience, right, is if you are looking to go beyond your location, um, and maybe it's somebody in another country, yeah. there's definitely like a reputation thing For sure. uh, yeah, that comes brand. into play, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you definitely need to build your brand, and a huge part of that is continuing education, right? Investing in further education for yourself to become a better coach. And for everybody that's listening, if you're if you're wondering, you know what we recommend, where to go for that, uh, OPEX, their CCP program, Absolutely. would be uh, a huge, uh, uh, very, very worthwhile investment into mm-hmm. your career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, OPEX is very, um, there's all these chunks of information that are organized and systemized in such an efficient way um, that allows you to actually use them as tools, you know, and it equips you in in all areas, which is what I like is it's not that it just focuses on this one piece of program design, right? It's nutrition, program design, lifestyle coaching, and how all of these things kind of intersect. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge part of it as well. Yeah, it's a total picture. And uh, yeah, you can't go wrong with that. Awesome, man. Um, is there anything uh, in regards to you know Fitbot that I'm missing or that you want to kind of uh, touch on before we get into the rapid fires? Um, hmm. You know, if there is, don't ever. And this goes for anybody listening. Don't ever hesitate to to reach out. There's uh, if you go to our website or in the app, there's a little chat bubble you see at the bottom right. We are super accessible through there. Um, I think I've logged over 12,000 conversations through that system nice. uh, just personally myself over the last two years or so. But we are, wow. we're on that thing, um, you know, pretty much all the time. Uh, we don't really pay attention a whole lot to it over the weekends. We like to get outside in the Colorado sun and, you know, do fun stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, we're super accessible through that, and we try to get back to everybody as soon as we can. Awesome, man. Um, so let's start with maybe a morning routine, right? If you have one at all, what does it kind of look like? Yeah, so it's, uh, you know, wake up uh, about 6.30-ish, take the dogs outside for a little walk, uh, let them do their business, get outside for a few minutes, um, start coffee, uh, try to avoid, you know, looking at emails until I get into the office, uh, I spend spend some time making breakfast and making sure I'm sitting down and enjoying my breakfast and uh, not just rushing out the door. Um, you know, I have a short commute, so I can't really listen to a whole lot of podcasts on the way into work. <laughs> I used to be able to do, but uh, but not anymore. Um, yeah, I try to mentally mentally prep for the day, kind of visualize. Uh, all right, you know, here's here are my tasks for the day. Here's what I want to get done. And then when I get into work, um, first thing I do is take a look at what I accomplished yesterday. 
and then come up with an agenda or come up with some goals going into uh, that given day. So here are the tasks I want to get done. Write them out. Um, I use a pretty simple system of just writing them in a text file. You know, here's what I did yesterday. Here's what I want to get through today and prioritize them in order. Try and try and stay focused that way. Um, that brings up for me, like if you were to take a look at the last few years since you started Fitbot to now, what are maybe like one or two key business lessons for you that kind of stand out? Yeah. Um, hmm. So number one is talk to your customers. They're the ones in the trenches and you can learn a ton from them. Uh, number two, go into your day, go into any meeting with an agenda figure out what your definition of success is, whether it's a, a meeting, whether it's you're planning out your day, planning out your week, planning out your quarter, figure out the goals you want to accomplish and, and try and stick to those. Number three, know your numbers. So, you know, we have our own internal metrics that we're always constantly looking at, but if you're a gym owner, if you're a coach, you should know some some basic things about your business. And if you don't, um, yeah, you're probably not doing as good of a job as you should. So you should know the amount of uh, revenue you brought in last month, what you think you're going to bring in this month. You should know your churn rate, like what percentage of your clients are sticking with you. You should know your expenses, your profits and your burn and uh, that stuff. And... Uh, yeah, you know, use these numbers to try and piece together, you know, what's going on inside of your business. You might think things are going one way, but the numbers will never lie. Yeah, uh, what you said, the first point there, talking to your customers, I think that's uh, really important, especially, uh, I mean, of course, throughout the entire process, but definitely in the beginning as well, when you have all these ideas in your head as to what might be helpful, what might be useful, and that's your version, but until you actually communicate with people and start digging into, hey, you know, what are you actually struggling with? And also the language maybe that they're using as well, because sometimes we can get super smart and super advanced and then lose touch with uh, how to effectively communicate uh, with the customers, right? So being able to use those conversations as kind of research for ongoing development and, and crafting those uh, iterations that you'll be putting out. Definitely. Um, you know, I spent a month just talking to people before I wrote a single line of code uh, after I founded Fitbot, uh, tried to have as many conversations as I could. You know, what are your pain points? What are your problems? Um, just to try to understand what needed to be built before writing a single line of code. And then all along the way, as much as, as much as we can, try to talk with customers and, you know, all right, what, what are we good at? What are we not good at? What needs to improve? What would you like to see? Uh, all that stuff. It's, it's super important. Do you think that that uh, same concept can be used for those trying to uh, get into individualized design, like before even writing programs or uh, reaching out to, um, you know, a certain type of client, like certain questions that you can ask to get a better feel of who am I trying to cater to and things yeah. like that? So I definitely think, you know, there's lots of parallels between coaching and software development. The biggest thing that comes to mind is... Uh, you know, before you write a single workout for a new client you bring on, you should have a consult with them. You know, sit down with them for an hour and 
to talk to them, figure out, you know, what their lifestyle is, figure out what their goals are and, uh, you know, use all the information you get out of that to put together the perfect training, well, uh, put together the training plan for them. Yeah, I think, um, you know, something we've talked about uh, quite a few times, and it keeps coming back up is kind of the why, right? Figuring out why people are there in the first place, what kind of gets them out of bed. um, And, you know, why is this so important to them? Because without that kind of foundation, um, you know, everything else you kind of build on top of that, um, you know, is, is not really as strong. So and that's something that is continually kind of being refined and developed through conversation. But definitely that initial console is important to get a good feel of, you know, hey, w- why are you actually here? You know, exactly. Yeah. Without that, you're just kind of taking guesses and, and shooting in the dark. And uh, number one rule behind program design is assess, don't guess. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's say that if I gave you a few billion dollars, right, <laughs> and you you had a staff of 40 people, yeah. right, and the, these 40 people are top performers, top thinkers in whatever it is that you are recruiting them for, and you wanted to use that to you know, do something, make some type of change, some type of impact, um, what, what comes to mind for you? What would you kind of do with it? Uh, is this strictly, um, fitness related or anything? Anything. Hmm. You you know, I have, uh, in addition to being passionate about fitness, uh, I, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but, um, figure that out when I get there. But, uh, uh, I have a soft spot in my heart for animals and dogs. Um, so yeah, I would probably find a way to, to help that cause. It's amazing. Um, let's say you're still a billionaire, right? And you want to give two to three books to, to every person in the nation, right? Um, and maybe you're not a big reader in that case, it can be like any resources, videos, podcasts, whatever you find helpful, but Mm -hmm. you're a billionaire. You want to spread two to three pieces of content to everybody in the nation. What would they be? Hmm. You know, a great book that I think a lot most people should read is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Um, great book. Just kind of, you know, get the mindset right on, uh, you know, how to work with people. And, uh, yeah. Um, number two, I'm a big fan of Carl Sagan. I've read pretty much all of his books. Uh, big science nerd. And, uh, you know, I think I think uh, a lot of people could benefit from from reading a little little Carl Sagan and just you know knowing more and understanding more about about the world and the universe and that kind of thing. Yeah, so those are the, the top two that that come to mind. I'm gonna look into that. Carl, how do you spell that? Carl Sagan, S E G A N. Yeah, he's so he's the master of taking super complex topics and breaking them down in uh, interesting and uh, easy to understand ways very cool okay um now let's say that you had to start over right and everything you've kind of accomplished with fitbot was gone um you know maybe you don't even have access to the people and the relationships that you've kind of developed and you're starting from scratch right and you wanted to get back to where you are now what maybe one to three things would you really dilute your focus down to 
and really hammer away at to get back to where you are now? That's a tough question. Um, yeah, you know, because I started off as just, uh, you know, I had some relationships that I built over the years, but, you know, I started off as just, just myself, just as a solo founder, and it was a lot of hard work, a lot of late nights. Um, yeah, there's no, there's no substitute for that hard work, so I'm assuming I would just get right back to work. Yeah, and, and I mean, part of that is like maybe identifying uh, if you are to look back and see, okay, what are the one or you know one, two or three things uh, that were key to me kind of getting to where I am now? Uh, if I was to ask it that way, what kind of comes to mind for you? Yeah, just uh, a few key things that have I think helped us is you know I want to go back to talking with customers. Um, to just a lot of hard work, a lot of persistence. Um, yeah, it goes back to, to talking with customers and, and hard work. Yeah. And I think the hard work, when you think about that, it's like some of the, you know, some of the stuff that comes off as kind of boring or repetitive. Um, those are often times where it's like, uh, it, it's necessary, right? Like sometimes it's just, you know, like you're sitting in front of a computer busting out code and then you're coming back doing that over and over and over and over again. And, um, you know, I'm sure you have your moments of flow and creativity that kind of happen within that. But a lot of times uh, it's probably just pure grind, right? Yeah, although, you know, for me, it it doesn't really feel like work because I'm super passionate uh, about, about what we're doing. And... Um, you know, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's been, it's been a lot of hard work, but it's also been a lot of fun. Um, it's been awesome, you know, just hearing stories from people saying, uh, you know, oh, I was able to buy my first house because of the extra money I was able to make using your platform. Um, or, you know, I was able to go from just barely scraping by and now I'm making six figures a year. Uh, or, you know, I'm delivering insanely better results to the clients uh hearing stories from from clients that have a a a coach through fitbot and you know just hearing the the fulfillment and excitement from them um you know it uh it makes it easy to uh to keep things going and you know one thing that i've been working on lately with with my coach is you know to know when to put an end on the day and and relax and uh take some time for myself so that i don't uh you know burn out and uh yeah so i can keep keep doing this yeah absolutely man um is there something you feel like you don't get asked enough about something you wish maybe people would ask you more mm, you know i'm i'm open book i'll answer any question you throw at me <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you've answered 12,000 questions. I'm sure you've gotten pretty much everything there is out there. Now, what should a coach or an athlete kind of take away from this podcast, right? How can they make themselves better today by listening to this? Yeah, I would say, you know, if you're, you know, if you're a coach at a CrossFit gym, don't forget about one-on-one -on -one, uh, coaching or one-on-one -on -one training, you know? There's more, there's more to the fitness world than, than just group. Um, now as an athlete, does anything kind of come to mind for you? 
in terms of something you'd like an athlete, something you'd like an athlete to walk away with. Yeah. Um, you know, this isn't just for the elite athletes. It's, you know, for anybody, anybody that wants to, uh, move better, look better, you know, feel better. Um, you know, it's not just constrained to the point top point 0.1% that are training for regionals or the games. Right. And now I, I'm curious to hear your kind of projection or your uh, predictions on this, right? But let's say like a decade from now, five, five to 10 years from now, uh, how do you see um, individualized design playing out as more and more technology comes out, these group templates, everybody's kind of, you know, got them as well. Um, how do you see the evolution of individualized design? Is it kind of here to stay? Um, yeah, just uh, your your thoughts and predictions on that. Yeah, it's definitely here to stay. And I believe that we'll be seeing a lot more gyms um, built around the individualized concept, maybe even completely doing away with group training and focusing 100% on individualized design. Yeah, it seems that it comes back to that uh, the relationship aspect and the human connection. It's definitely something that's uh, irreplaceable. For sure. Yeah, and, you know, there's this interesting, uh, this interesting trend. Um, you know, OPEX is is leading the way too on on a lot of this. Where you know you have your you have your gym. Maybe you've been a a, a group CrossFit gym, right? But uh, you know, I think moving forward. Every uh, the the new model will be everybody comes into your gym. You have your console. And everybody gets a customized training plan, right? Come into your gym to work out. Everybody's executing their own training plan, working with coach that's on the floor. The coach isn't running everybody through the same group workout. They're coaching the people through their own workouts that day that they're doing, but everybody is there collectively working out as a group. So you're still getting that social aspect, but you're also getting the one-on-one and custom training program for you. Yeah. I I think that um, it's still in kind of like this phase where uh, it's it's being, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of like, okay, we can still maintain the community aspect of things while doing this. Um, and yeah, I'm really curious to see how it plays out in a couple of years. I think it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, likewise. Awesome, man. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave listeners with? Yeah, if they're interested in learning more, head to thefitbot.com. Awesome. And um, yeah, so that was what I was going to say is where can we point people to? That's Fitbot. Um, if people want to get in touch with you or they have questions for you, um, is there any place specifically we can point them to? Yeah, so uh, very accessible. You can either reach out through uh, our intercom system, bottom right, the little chat bubble at the bottom of the site, or uh, you can email us directly, hello at thefitbot.com. Personal email address, Casey at thefitbot.com. Any questions, more than happy to help and get people pointed off in the right direction. 
Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on, man. Uh, I really appreciate it. I've been kind of wanting to chat with you and, uh, you know, dig into the uh, mind of the genius behind this platform that I'm using and getting a lot of use out of. So thanks for coming on. And I will definitely uh, keep me posted with that link to that resource that you mentioned on, you know, selling the individualized design. Uh, When that rolls out, and uh, I'll, I'll definitely link it up and hopefully people can get some use out of that. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. And, uh, you know, just looking through at some of your past guests, it's it's very humbling to see uh, a very good company. So appreciate uh, appreciate the, the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate your ears and I appreciate your time. One last request I have for you before you head out, and this would be the best compliment that you can give if you've enjoyed this episode or any episode in the past, is by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review with your thoughts. If you can make a couple minutes to go ahead and do that, you have no idea how much that helps in terms of rankings, getting more interesting guests on the show, and helping me continually push my craft. Be sure to follow along in two different places. One is theairbornemind.com, where there's always tons of free resources. And on Instagram, at airbornemind, which is where there's a bunch of training videos, free programming, and more of a behind-the-scenes look at what I'm up to throughout the week. So once again, thank you so much for listening, guys. Until next time.